Well, good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. For those who I haven't had the pleasure to meet, my name is Aaron Loachman. I'm the associate pastor of uh, music and young adult here at church. Well, welcome in the house of the Lord again. The ones who are joining us online as well, welcome to the house of the Lord. Uh, as we continue with our series of the experiencing God, I would like to invite you to open your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 11, the verse 6. And I will ask you as you're able to stand and we'll, let's read it together, the Word of God. He says, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So let's pray. Father God, we praise your name, Lord, and we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You might be seated. When he was 88 years old, the Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes found himself in the train. The conductor like, called for tickets, but Justice Holmes couldn't find his ticket, and he seemed terribly upset. He reached out his pockets and looked around his wallet and on the, on the floor, under the seat, but he couldn't find it. So the conductor was very sympathetic with him and told him, don't worry about it, Mr. Holmes. The Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to trust you. And whenever you reach your destination, you'll probably find a ticket. And then you can mail it to us. The conductor's kindness didn't put Mr. Holmes at ease. He wasn't happy with that answer. He said, my dear man, my problem is... Is not what I, what is my, my, my ticket? My concern is that I don't know where I'm going. I'm lost. <laughs> Unfortunately, we all are like too often like this in our spiritual life. Jesus purchased our ticket to heaven and we get on this train that we call Christianity, a Christian life, being a followers of Christ. And after a while, we forget where we're going. So Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This verse emphasizes that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we better take seriously how important faith is. And, and every aspect of this journey we call Christianity. It begins with faith. Just like in Ephesians 2.9 said, we are saved by God's grace through faith. It is made step by step with faith. And even our ultimate destination is, on, is based on faith. Even the songs we're singing in here sometimes is based on faith. Even this song that you probably all remember this song. Come on, okay, let's sing it with me. When we all get to heaven, what your rejoices there will be. 
When we all sing Jesus, we'll sing a shout of victory. Beautiful. I want to, I'm going to uh, schedule you to sing here with me in the chorus. We, this is a declaration of faith. Listen when we sing When we all, maybe there is a heaven. When we all, I hope there is a heaven. We are declaring that when we all get to heaven. So there is, this is faith. So impossible is a word that we touch around when we're trying to solve a math problem. Or when we're trying to do this Rubik's Cube, cube that I never I never done it in my life, and I tried so many times, but I've been frustrated. So, but impossible doesn't mean that it's hard or difficult. It means it absolutely cannot happen. It cannot be accomplished. So, in this morning, church, I wanted to understand that if we want to be a followers of Christ, it is absolutely. It absolutely cannot be accomplished without faith. So the theme of this sermon is faith believes. So let's look again at the verse 6 again. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But you might be wondering this morning, what does it take to please God? What does it take to be acceptable to God? How do we approach God? How do you live in a, in a way that pleases and that is acceptable to God? And I have two things to say. that he, who, he, the one who comes to God, we must believe two things. To approach God, we must believe two things. And the first one that I would like to point out today is that faith believes God exists. That's basic as it sounds. And you might be wondering, what does it mean when you say you must believe God exists? And the Greek translation will be God is. Greek philosophers sought to explain the ultimate reality God is as the great I am. So we must believe that God is the ultimate reality of our lives. Most people claim to believe in God, but sometimes it seems like they really don't. Why? For example, there are people who believe in the newspaper more than the Bible, or people who believe more in, in the social media more than the Bible. As a matter of fact, there was one day, it was a guy who come to, we were having a Bible study in the church, and, and this guy come very, very concerned. He said, uh, Pastor, I'm very worried about what is going to happen next month. And I was like, what's going to happen next month? Because the, the, the Simpsons, they prophesied that it was going to be a disaster. So there are people actually to believe in cartoons more than the Bible. The Simpson. I don't know if I said it correct. The Simpson. You know? So, and I, another example is like, uh, open any newspaper or social media, and you won't read about how a person was healed from cancer. You won't read about how, how a church was healed after a split. You won't read about how God changed a man who was alcoholic and abuser. No. You won't see that on the news. You will see that 
how people die in terrible ways. You will see how the corruption of politicians, you will see how, how, how death of, of earthquakes, floods, and every kind of disaster. Why? Because ultimately, the news and the social media are often no basis of a Christian worldview. For society, the ultimate reality is that God doesn't exist. And they questioned, they said, if God exists, why do bad things happen in this world? So it's a view of the world that presupposes God, that the God of the Bible is not alive and active in this world. So I'll encourage you, don't let the harsh realities of life cause you to treat God or to see him as a punisher. If you do something bad, God's going to be there to punish you or whatever you're going in life. Whatever is happening in your life is because God is punishing you. As a result, if we believe that we have, uh, we have been put on, on a defensive instead of, tr- and I'm encouraged that instead of trying to prove that God exists, I will, we should demand the world that said, prove that he doesn't exist. Because God is real. He's alive. Jesus Christ is alive today. This is why we gather in today to worship in God. If, if he's not alive, to be honest, what we're doing in here is a waste of time. He's alive. He walks with me. He talks with me. He talks with you too. He, he is alive. And you might be wondering, how do I know he's alive? He lives within my heart. And he is in your heart as well. So when you believe, when we believe God exists, we can believe in the impossible. And faith makes the impossible possible. And in this morning, some of you perhaps are facing what seems to be an impossible moment in your life. And let me encourage you that this is your now moment to believe that the impossible can be possible in Jesus' name. This is your now moment to believe that God can heal, God can restore, God can repair. This is your now moment to change the movie script that you have been watching all of your life and take a chance of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer, the everlasting God. This is your now moment to believe that God can restore, God can heal. And even if those things don't happen, God is still good. He is still worthy of praise, of our praise. And I want you to know something, that this kind of a faith that believes that God can do the impossible, sometimes it will make us laugh. It will, it will, it will make us laugh. And I'm going to explain you why. This is the kind of a faith that Abraham had. Abraham is known as the father of faith for a good reason. At the age of 75, God promised Abraham that his descendant will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the grace of the sun of the earth. So Abraham believed the impossible. For that reason, in Genesis 15, 6, it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham believed, Abraham believes, trusted that God could do the impossible. Just take a, 
Abraham was 100 years old when, when he had a baby, when his wife had a baby, sorry. What is amazing about Abraham is the strength of his belief. Do you know how long Abraham waited for God's promises that he will have a son? It was 25 years. He had the kind of a faith that makes you laugh. And Abraham was 100 years old when his son was finally born. And he named him Isaac, which means laugh. In other words, Abraham is waiting, you know, for the baby. He grabbed the baby. He see him and he just, hmm. <laughs> I'm 100 years old. What am I doing with this baby? And that's the faith that sometimes whatever you're going in life, whatever you thought it was going to be impossible, whatever doctor result be like, I will never going to get healed of this. This is, this is bad. Something, this is broken. It's not going to be healed. And, and whenever you have God answer your prayer, you're going to be laughing. You're going to be like, hmm, and I worry about that. That's the kind of faith that Abraham had. So, do you live in a way that demonstrates that you believe God exists? Because when you believe God exists, you can face, we can face life and all of his challenges. But believing God exists, let me tell you this, is not enough. Because in James chapter 1, verse 19 said, you believe that God is the you believe that there is one God, good. But even the demons believe and shudder. So the second point of this message is that faith believes God's rewards. To please God. We must have the kind of a faith that believe God rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek Him. And the Greek translation is, the preposition implies that you find or that you exhaust yourself seeking. You desperately, I want to have, where is it? And literally, when you do that, God becomes a reward. Abraham, the reward to him was God. In Genesis 15, 1 says, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. I have a confession to make this morning. <laughs> well, my parents are here too, and my wife's here. I have a confession to make this morning. There was a time when I was in seminary that I used to go to sleep dreaming that I won the lottery. That I become rich all of a sudden. Like, uh, <laughs> and I dream this because I thought that it will make my life easy. I dream about like if I won the lottery, I will quit school, I will travel around the world, I wanna buy a big house, I'm gonna go and, and buy a nice car and all that, etc. 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 But honestly, I don't dream like that anymore. Look, because looking where I am now. And how God has blessed me. And I, I found that I have already won the lottery. Doing what God wants me to do. Being where, being where God wants me to be. And having 
a living, growing relationship with God is absolutely the greatest reward I can ever experience. I seek myself now as a, as a rich man, as a rich person. I also used to be a skeptical to those who said that they talked to God and that, that, or maybe that God talked to them. I used to be a skeptical of those who saw the world in a positive light. I don't do that anymore either. Because what? Because now I understand them that it's not something spooky or over the world. It is the most naturally and blessed thing in the world. That is why I am not afraid to say that Jesus is alive. And I truly want every one of you to learn what I have learned, that God himself is the, re- the greatest reward. If I were in a, show, a game show host and I knew that door number one, behind door, behind door number one was a billion dollar, and behind door number two was a personal living relationship with God, I will tell you to choose door number two and give you the more valuable of the two. I will introduce to him, and the amazing thing that is that if you receive him, you will agree with all your heart that we all got the better price. A relationship with our creator. So the greatest reward you and I we can receive from this life is him. So we have to believe that regardless of what's going on in our lives, no matter how much pain, struggle, or prosperity, the greatest thing we will ever receive is the reward of knowing God. Generations of Israelites died in the wilderness because they didn't believe God was a rewarder. In Exodus 33, 1 to 3 said, God promised to give them the land and send an angel before them. God give them water, give them food. God opened the seas so they can pass through. But this generation didn't believe the promise. So they didn't receive the promised land and died after wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So in this morning, church, I want to really encouraging you and to to let you know that the promised land is not a place it's a position it's not a location it's a lifestyle as a believers and encouraging you that don't die in the wilderness but live your life walking in God's promises walking by faith Remembering who you are in him. Know what the people or society is telling you who you are, but remembering who you are in him. Remembering that he loves you and that he sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins and that, so that we might be reconciled with him. In Romans 12, 1 to 2 said, Therefore, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the Romans, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's 
mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform, conform to the pattern of this world. The world's going to tell you God doesn't exist. The world's going to tell you your problem is, <clears throat> is over. You're not gonna, that's never going to happen. But the Buddha said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Brothers and sisters, in this morning, the word for us is that what kind of a faith, what kind of faith do you have? Do we really believe God can do the impossible? Are we holding to the promise of God in our lives? And I'm going to encourage you this morning that let us don't die in the wilderness. Let's just keep pursuing what God is doing in our lives. Pursuing this God and, and He's faithful to us. He has been faithful and He will continue to be faithful to us. So we're going to have this moment of uh, the invitation. There's going to be members of our church here. If you would like to pray so we can pray for you, you're more than welcome to come today. This is what faith is. That we trust in our Lord.